In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. We are at the beginning of the Coptic New Year. We celebrated Nairuz this past uh, Thursday. Uh, we celebrated the, um, the martyrdom of St. John the Baptist on Friday. And we have a reading here that is very similar to, um, or you know, in, in line with this idea of celebrating the feast of John the Baptist. Now, I've said this before, and I want to just make sure that we're, we remember, every month of the Coptic year has a theme. Every month, the four weeks, the four weeks of that Coptic month have a theme. And we know the Coptic months, it's something we inherited from the ancient Egyptians and from the farming culture there. And the church, for whatever reason, has decided to stick with it. So we have this. And this is the theme of Tut. I want you to listen to it. I'll say it a couple times. If you string all of the Gospels together, this is the theme. That Christ has come into the world to save sinners and to bring us to repentance, and to teach us to follow His commandments, which are summed up in love God completely, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and the second is love your neighbor as yourself. These are the four weeks. Christ has come into the world to save sinners, to bring us to repentance, and to teach us to follow His commandments, which are summed up in love God completely, and love your neighbor as yourself. And the readings of this month will show you that it was the tax collectors, the publicans, the sinful women, the sinful woman who washed his feet with her tears. Those are the ones who responded to the message of Christ, to the Messiah, and it was not the scribes and the Pharisees and those who had studied the law, had been in the temple and had known everything about the God, God and the Old Testament and all their history and the people of Israel and what they had done. Those people were not the ones to respond. And if we look at today's Gospel reading, we hear a title of Christ that you would never expect. You would never expect this title of Christ. Did you hear it? Did you hear what the title of Christ was? said, the Son of Man has come eating and drinking, and you say, Look, a glutton and a wine bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. A friend of tax collectors of sinners. A friend of the worst people you could imagine in society. Back then, this is the, the, symbol, the symbol of that, the worst. Uh, he was a tax collector, uh, he was a friend of the tax collector and of the sinner. And if he was a friend of the tax collector and the sinner, what does that mean for the mission of the church? What has he left us with? What are, to, what are we to do if he was their friend? If he was patient with them? What are we to do? do you hear, did you hear in the Pauline epistle, to the first, uh, first epistle of St. Paul to Timothy, St. Paul says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. To save sinners. And it, he could have stopped there. It could have been a full stop and he would have gotten his point across. 
but to show you who he is and to reveal to you St. Paul, he's revealing to us the gospel. He says to, to us that not only did he come into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the chief, I am the one who is foremost. I am the first of all sinners in the world. But why did Christ come into the world to save sinners of whom, St. Paul says, of whom I am chief? He says that he did this so that in me, Christ can show a pattern. Christ can show His long-suffering. Christ can show His perfect patience. His perfect patience when it comes to waiting for those to repent. And in this reading today that we remember St. John the Baptist, we have to recognize him as the, the bringer of repentance, the, the forerunner the one who was called to straighten the path of our Lord. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again, that the only way into the church is through the door of repentance. St. John the Baptist opened that door for the world and for, and for uh, those who were to follow after him, those who would accept Christ. John the Baptist is the same for us today. He can be looked at that at, at the saint that we call upon to bring us to repentance. We call on St. John the Baptist to again guide us into the right path. And I've told you about what repentance means. It means change. Change your mind, change your heart, change your priorities, change the way that you look at things. And we're always constantly changing. We're always constantly going towards the better. better. We're always constantly struggling and striving. If you're not struggling, if you're not striving, then you're, you're not going anywhere in your spiritual life. In fact, you're going backwards. It becomes worse. It becomes worse. We can think about this in, in a relationship, right? Um, a husband and wife. If a husband and wife's relationship is at a good point, right? And they say, it's good right now. Let's not do anything to screw it up. Right? And they go and they divide themselves and they go into separate places and they never see each other and never talk to each other again. Right? Is that relationship getting better day by day or getting worse? The worst. So it makes sense, right? So when we say to God, our relationship is good, we're not going to do anything for the next couple of days or until next Sunday, it's, it's a period of time where there's a lag. Things are not improving like they should. <clears throat> and so as our relationship with God improves, we have to set the steps within our hearts and with our minds. What are the steps of the spiritual life? What are the stages? I've spoken about that before. But today let's meditate on the idea that repentance is the door to the church. And this great example that St. Paul gives to us and that St. John gives to us of repentance is something that we can easily apply in our lives. Repentance is not difficult. Repentance is not something that uh, is hard for us to do. I'm telling you that the act, the act itself, like for example, the prodigal son, he's in the the pig pen, and he's eating the food of the pigs. For us, it's a no-brainer. Do you want to be in the pig pen, or do you want to be in your father's house? Anyone would say the father's house. It's easy. It's simple. It's not. It's not difficult. The problem is that in the pig pen we make justifications. We make 
excuses for why this is good and this is okay and this is not that bad and, and we can get by. And we make excuses about our lives. We, we, we justify the things that we ought to change and change quickly. And we don't realize that the things that we don't want to change, the things that we don't want to repent of, are causing our lives to be like this, this boy or this man who's living in a pig pen. Right? Nobody should live in a pig pen, right? But in our minds, the sins that we have, the sins that keep us... Don't bring us happiness. Don't bring us joy. Make us angry. Make us even, I should say, more angry, more upset. It's not freedom. It's slavery. But we have to repent. And every one of us, from, from the greatest of the saints to, to the least of the saints, everyone has to understand that this is the road. This is the place that we go. And if we know God, and if we seek after God, and if we really, at the depth of our hearts, have a relationship with Him, then this is, an, this is also very easy, very simple. And last year, I tried to keep a theme for the year. Anybody, anybody remember what that theme was? What that goal was? What that kind of kept... I might have stated it out of the 52 weeks, I might have stated it about 10, 15 times. So I wasn't really good at that. But I'm going to try again. I'm going to repent uh, and try again. I'm going to try and put a verse in front of us. And hopefully within a week or two, I'll have a card that will have this verse and this verse will be uh, a guide for us. And I did this um, several years ago with the high school youth meeting. Um, and it's, uh, it's stuck in my mind. And I hope it's stuck in their minds as well, those high schoolers. But this was the verse that I used. And that I hope we can use for this, for this year. Have I, have I built it up again? Are we listening? On the edge of our seats. Philippians chapter 3, verse Verses 10 to 11. St. Paul says that I, might, I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death if by any means I might attain to the resurrection of the dead. It's a, it's, it's a, loaded, it's a loaded sentence. It's a loaded verse. It's two verses. That I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Philippians 3, 10 to 11. Uh, we're going to work on memorizing this. And this will be, and I think actually, Marina, you were in that high school class. Yeah, I, did you remember? Yeah. All right, okay, good, thank God. Uh, so this was a verse, and the first part, that I might know him, or that I may know him. And you say, St. Paul, St. Paul, you saw him in Damascus. He appeared to you. You were the one who, who uh, were, yeah, and you were taught almost, you could say, by Christ. He says, St. Paul in his epistles, is that what I, which I received from Jesus, I delivered to you. He received so much. And St. Paul is saying that he yearns to know God and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means, if by any means, St. Paul is saying that, if by any means I might attain to the resurrection of the dead, that I might be saved. Imagine St. Paul's desire, and how, how far are we from that desire? We have to work on that. And if in this year we can say to ourselves, I want 
to know God more. I want to deepen my relationship with Him more. I think last year the theme was the vision of God, which kind of morphed into the knowledge of God. But this year it's going to be the knowledge of God that's going to move to the power of His resurrection, the fellowship of His sufferings being conformed to His death. Now, the last thing I want to say about this is that this type of knowledge to know God and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being conformed to His death, this type of knowledge doesn't come to you by sitting at a desk and reading books. It starts with an active Christian life. It starts with a life of service. It starts with a life uh, of faith that is active. And that faith that is active is active through our love for one another, through our service to one another. So this is a very, very deep topic. And it means that for us to know God means I have to work in my spiritual life. My own work, my own personal private work, and then working with and for others. With and for others. Serving my, my neighbor. Serving those who are around me. Knowing God is not something that you can just read a book and have knowledge of Him. It's not knowledge of God. It's knowing Him. It's not knowledge about Him, but actually to be in a relationship with Him. To know Him. To know Him in a very close and intimate way. This has to be the goal of our spiritual life. And let this be the goal of our year this year. That we are going to seek to know Him in all that we do. Of course, we know God first through repentance. St. Athanasius has a very famous quote where he says, you can, I'm going to paraphrase, you can only know God, you can only understand the writings of the Bible, the scriptures, the fathers, you can only do that if you're living a pure and holy life. Imagine that. So we have to work on living a pure and holy life and we do that through repentance. None of us are pure, none of us are perfect, but we begin by saying, I'm going to change. And I'm going to make a change. Starting today, not tomorrow, today. And as I come to know God through that first step of repentance, that also includes faith. I have faith in God. That not only am I, I'm not working to know somebody who is completely unknowable. He is completely unknowable. But I'm working towards knowing Him to the best of my abilities, the best of my capacity. Think about the prodigal son. He had faith in his father. That's why he left. He left his, uh, the, the pig pen and he went to his father's house. He had faith that his father would at least accept him as a servant in the house. We have knowledge of God through a fear of him. I think we're scared to talk about a fear of God. But it's something that we have to remind ourselves. There is a God. There is right and there is wrong. There are only two paths, the one to life and the one to death. And the distance between the two is great. I have to remember that I am nothing and God is everything. If only, if it wasn't, if it's, it's only but for the mercy of God, but for His grace that we are here today. And God loves us in His mercy and we have to respond to that. Who are we? Who are we to respond to, uh, to be? Uh, ones who are loved by God. But we are, as we understand His love for us, we understand that the response, which is a, felt, a healthy fear that turns into love. 
And knowledge of God has to come through experience. Has to come through experience. If I tell um, a single person about another single person, I can give them all the knowledge about the person, write, write down books about the person. But they have to experience the person. They have to see what the person, you know, how the person holds a fork, right? How the person chews their food, how the person lives, you know, what, what do they do with their shoes? All that stuff has to be an experience. We have to experience God too. How do we experience God? By coming into His presence. Our worship is an experience of God. In our homes, our reading the Bible is an experience of God. Our reading the lives of the saints. The saints who are able to take their experience of God and make, make a life with God more tangible. What does a life with God look like? What does it look like? And finally, we have to come to know about God through our own education. We have to educate ourselves. We have to educate ourselves. And education means we have to sit down and actually open a book uh, and educate ourselves uh, with that type of knowledge and also educate ourselves with a service type of knowledge. We have to work towards everybody serving. And serving in Sunday school is not the, the peak or not the goal. There's other types of service. Those who are... Uh, shut in in their homes and cannot leave need visitors. Those who are in prison need people to write to them. Those who are, in, are hungry, even though here in Laguna Niguel and in this Southern California, they might not be all around us. <coughs> but there are those who are in need, here and beyond. We need to be an active church, not just people that come, sit, partake of the body and leave. We need to, every one of us, think of what is a service that is fitting for the church that you're willing to be a part of. Don't wait for Abuna to come and tell you, look, I want you to do this service. But you yourself offer services. What are some ideas? M many people have come to me and say, Abuna, I want to serve. I want to serve. And to, to, to my shame, I don't have that many services yet. We're, we're just starting. We're just growing. Uh, but we, there are creative ways that we can serve and we have to be creative in the way that we serve. But first and foremost is being here. Being kind to those that come here, welcoming those who come here. That's the, that's the first part. In this upcoming year, in this upcoming year, in this first in this month of Tut, we have the theme that Christ has come into the world to save sinners, to bring to repentance, and to teach us to follow His commandments, which are summed up in Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. We see that Christ is the friend of tax collectors and sinners, and that He is calling us all to repentance, and that the door to the church is first the door of repentance. And we enter through that door changing our ideas about what life is about and orienting ourselves more towards God and what He is seeking out of our lives. In this coming year, as we take St. John the Baptist as, our, as an example, as well as St. Paul, the one was calling those to repentance, and the other is a great example of repentance. And in his repentance, he doesn't see himself as being a great saint, but he says, I am chief among sinners, and we all have to be able to say those words and mean it. 
We always have to say, not look to the right and to the left and say, I'm a sinner, but I'm not as bad as that person. No, we say, we are chief among sinners. And when we believe it, we are going to stop looking to the right and to the left and only focusing on ourselves. In this year, let's use Philippians chapter 3, verses 10 and 11 as our goal for this year, to know God, to know Him and the fellowship of His sufferings, sorry, to know Him and the power of His resurrection, and the fellowship of His sufferings being conformed to His death, if by any means we might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. To God be the glory, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, now and ever in teachable ages. Amen. Amen.